0: Uh, we, uh, know I know it gone on a few Thursdays, but uh, um, spoke last uh, on our Thursday nights um, on disciplining with children and um, instruction and what the Bible says there and how to properly biblically discipline. And uh, tonight I want to look at uh, uh, building on that, but having a relationship with your children. And um going into our couple's retreat, been just been looking at our families each and every Thursday night uh, that have been here. and uh, want to continue doing that one more time, and uh, probably next Thursday go on to another topic if the Lord needs. But Ephesians chapter one and um, let's let's look at verse number one, and then we'll go back and read a few things. But uh, look at verse number one, Ephesians one, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus. And to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you in peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of children. By Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace, wherein He hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He hath purposed in Himself, that in the dispensation the fullness of times, he might gather together in one things in Christ, both which, um, both which are in heaven, and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, uh, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of the truth, uh, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed. With that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession and the praise of his glory. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling that the riches and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints let's pray father lord i love you and i just thank you lord for the word of god tonight thank you for the kids tonight what a blessing they were and are and i just pray that lord you just please continue to bless that ministry help us as we look tonight on this topic of having a relationship with our children and uh, father i thank you lord for my children that you blessed us with and, and lord i just pray that we all as parents would understand the gift that is our children. Lord, you said that they were a reward and um, and a heritage. And God, I, I just pray that, Lord, we would not accept this world's philosophy of rejecting children and ignoring children and seeing them as a problem, but, Lord, embracing them and loving them as you would have us to do. Lord, we love you, and in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I chose to read Ephesians chapter number 1 because I believe Ephesians chapter 1 gives us a really great foundation um, for us as parents. Especially uh, that in which uh, the, our God refers to himself throughout the New Testament as father. Um, Psalm 103 in verse number 13 says, Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. The word pity in that passage of Scripture means to love deeply with compassion, to hold close, to show mercy. We live in a world today where way too many dads are just walking away. Mothers are just unnatural affection. They want nothing to do with their children. That's unnatural. And we live in a society today that looks as children as being in an annoyance, Problem. Um, and I, I heard a young couple, praise the Lord, not in our church, but I heard a young couple uh, just listening to them as they were speaking and, and saying that they never want to have children. And, uh, you know, God is in charge of that, and I understand that part of things, but what a wrong attitude to something that God says is a reward. It's what He said, to what God said is a heritage. And the the God could have chose any name He wanted to to go by in the New Testament. I mean, I know we're so used to Father, and that is the choice that God made. But to show the relationship He wanted to have with us, He could have chose Brother. Could have chose uh, you know um, all kinds of different titles, I guess. Uh, with Jesus, we are referred to. Husband and wife relationship is compared to the relationship between us, the church, and Christ. Uh, and uh, he could have chose friend, um, but the fact is this: he chose father, because that relationship should mean some, something that is separate from all other relationships. There's a reason he chose the title father. I mean, can we at least agree with that? All right. There's a reason. He chose the title Father. Um, it's a, it's important that we grasp this because it will help us uh, as parents. And and I I know I'm di- directly speaking to fathers, but mothers. All right, the Bible refers to God's comforting uh, as a mother comforted her children. And uh, again, that relationship is shown. So, kind of follow and, and heed that in the same way. But. The fact is this, to every dad I would say this, that God takes very seriously how we treat these symbolisms that he has set up in regards to his relationship with us. You say, what are you talking about? Well, obviously, the the first time Israel was out without water, God told Moses to do what to a rock? The first time. Strike it, right? Because that was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow me? And he would be smitten. The second time, Moses was to do what to that rock? Speak to it, because the Lord would only be smitten once. Right? Now we can call upon him. We can we can bring our cares to him. Moses didn't do that, and for that offense, he was not allowed into the Promised Land. God takes that seriously. The relationship between a husband and wife and uh, uh, a marriage, God takes that seriously. God hates divorce. God doesn't want anyone to be divorced. Amen? God doesn't want that. Why? Because that relationship is a picture between the relationship between Christ and his church. That's what the Bible teaches, Ephesians. So God takes these symbolisms very, very importantly, and uh, and with great seriousness, as we should as fathers. I'm thankful tonight to be able to preach this message and say that uh, my dad did things right with the relationship that he had with myself. Um, went through different stages in our relationship. When I was uh, first born, I don't remember this, but they tell me. Uh, you know, when I was first born, uh, my dad, he, he, he loved to show me off, right? And uh, carry me around, right? And show me to everybody, and I was introduced as the future president of the United States. Haven't done it yet, but uh, but he uh, you know took me to the pastor of the church there, showed me around different people, and and then uh, then I became a, a child and um, loved spending time with dad. Loved doing things with dad. Um, he could believe it or not, my dad was an excellent basketball shooter. Um, he would play pig. Y'all know what pig is, right? Uh, we play pig with basketball, and uh, I was 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, and, and he let me hang in there, but then he'd always beat me. Dad never let me win anything, no. and nor did I my children, right? Uh, but when the day came that I could beat him, <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he, I, he invested those times. I, every basketball game I had, he was at. Uh, when I did anything at school, he was there. Uh, then I became a, a teenager. And um, you know, I remember with all this schedule, every morning before teen class, he was the teen teacher at that time. We would sit and we'd play hangman every Sunday, me and him, for thirty minutes. And uh, the category was always animals, and uh, he always beat me too. Uh, but uh, um, I, you say that's silly. Dad was investing. Multiple times as a teenager, I would go with him as he would be picking up teens for activities, and we'd have conversations. He'd say, "He'd say, son, remember your old dad told you this. And he'd teach me something, show me something that I've not forgotten. And then I became a young man, got married, and our relationship went through a different season, different time, a different way dad never interfered with our life he always gave us good counsel um but i am thankful my wife's in a nursery tonight but i'm thankful that my wife always knew that he loved her that he loved me and we enjoyed a wonderful relationship and anytime i ever needed counsel dad would give me counsel uh, Any time that I would, in the ministry, as he was my pastor and my boss, if I was heading the wrong direction, he never yelled at me. He always said this phrase, and I knew it was something important. He'd say, son, sit down, let me help you with something. Right? And I knew he was going to correct me on something, right? But in a way that I wanted to receive it. Even as I became an older man, I'm not old yet, right? Uh, but I became older... And towards the end of my dad's life, we had an awesome relationship. That's why I was able to go to England. I looked at my dad. I said, he goes, go. I said, that's what God called us to do, was preach. He said, go preach. He said, there's nothing between us. We love each other. I'll see you again. I'm thankful for all these different stages in our relationship. But one thing was consistent. He was always my father. And he loved me, and it was never, never in question. Never. I never felt like my father compared me to anyone else. I never felt like my father, you know, uh, uh, tried to belittle me or degrade me in any way. He always brought me and pulled me to where I should be. My dad wasn't perfect, and uh, he'd be the first one to tell you that. But I'm thankful that when I look at the scriptures and what we're about to look over real quick, I can say that my dad did that and did it well. And I want you to see this as a challenge, all right, because these are things I've tried to put in my life. And I don't do it because dad did it. Everybody hear me on that? I do it because it's in the Bible. Look at these things with me. Right? In verse number two in Ephesians. I'm just going to glance at these things. I give you. It's going to be a different type of sermon, but just follow real quick. In verse number two. God chooses the title of what? Our Father. Remember, there's a purpose for that. All right. He chose that. Now, how does He build on this? In verse number three, He blesses us. I circled these things in my Bible, and I encourage dads to do that tonight. All right. He blesses us with all spiritual blessings. God wants the best for us spiritually. Amen? Every father should want the best for his children spiritually. Did you hear what I said? Spiritually, right? I don't care, and it's a good thing, because Alex's cars are hard to keep running, right? I don't care what kind of car Alex drives. I really don't care. But I want him to walk with the Lord. I want him to understand the spiritual blessings. But he blesses. Verse number 4. You see, he has a desire for us. According as he had chosen him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He has a desire for us. And what is God's, our Father's desire for us? To be holy. In love, right? Now let me ask you a question real quick, and I'm not trying to make any sort of compromises or anything. We're just this is Bible, and that's what we're here for, study the Bible tonight. Amen. We nod our head. Yeah, all right. All right. Did God know we'd fail? He sure did. Matter of fact, next statement, which I've preached on before, so this is a repeat, I know, but God's expectation of us was that we would fail. You see, that's a terrible statement. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Follow me? He knew. He knew we'd sin. He knew we'd fall. But his desire was for us to what? Be holy. You understand, and every dad and mom needs to understand this tonight, all right? And I had to to learn these things, all right? And I'm thankful my dad understood these things, and my mom understands these things, all right? But there's a difference between desire and expectation. Our desire should be the spiritual blessings of God in our children's life, all right? The expectation, the Bible's very clear where our expectation comes from. In Psalm chapter 62 and verse number 5. If you're not familiar with that verse, glance at it real quick. But our expectation, the Bible says, comes from God. Our expectation is from Him. So that is this. How how does that apply? What does He expect of all men? Now, what is His desire of all men? That we would succeed and be holy, live for the Lord. What's his expectation? We're going to fail at times. That's why he's made a way. We can be saved. Amen? He has provided a way of salvation. And when we, after salvation, sin, he has promised us if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Amen? He promises forgiveness. All right? My expectation of man... I love and adore Brother Sutherland. I sat back there as he was telling all those kids, good job, Ella, good job. He and, he knows, if you don't know this, he probably hates I'm talking about him, he knows and learns every child's name in our church. He prays for them. He loves the children of our church. And I'm thankful for Brother Sutherland, all right? He invests in that, and he loves them, and he truly does, all right? And uh, that, that is from his heart, All right. He does. As much as I love and respect Brother Sutherland, he still is an imperfect creature. And as much as I am not looking for him to fail or to fall or to disappoint me, if he does, it's not going to ruin my life. Because my expectation is from God that none of us are perfect. I'm not giving anybody a reason to sin. Matter of fact, just the opposite. All right? But the fact is this, all right? That's why, God forbid, and I say that with a huge, huge underline and highlight. If your pastor falls into sin, God forbid. But if your pastor does, you don't quit serving God. You keep serving the Lord. Our expectation is from the Lord, and what's the Lord's expectation? His desire is for all the due good. But the expectation is, is that there had to be a way of salvation. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He tells us that if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us. And so we have to come to grips with this, right? The desire is always good in the Bible. The expectation is always bad. Uh, another verse in Proverbs 11, verse 23. Uh, let me turn there. I'll just turn there. But Proverbs 11, verse 23, uh, just to reiterate what I just said there, um, The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. So desire should be there, but there has to be an expectation, and we understand that. And say, why are you talking about these things? Because I'm talking about our relationship with our children, all right? The relationship with my children is this, all right? I love Alex. I love Grace. I love Hope. Those are the three children that God has given us and now we got Koi and we got Elena and I praise the Lord for them all right. I want only God's best for them. I want God's spiritual blessings in their life. I pray for that every day. I, I've tried to push them and pull them in that direction but I also understand that they're a person just like I am and a. They're probably going to make some wrong decisions. And I'm going to do my best to help them to make the right decisions. But if they make a wrong decision, I'm not going to wipe my hands up and be done with them. Because God didn't do that to us. Amen? Now you're all not amen at me too much, right? But that's... aren't you glad God didn't treat you that way? God made a way for us to get right. God made a way for us to get saved. And when we did make wrong decisions, and we all have, God never threw us away. He always established some things in our life because He desires good. Back in Ephesians, let's keep going. All right, we see that He is our Father, He has blessed us. You see His desire. Verse number six, I circled this word. He hath made us what? accepted you are accepted in the beloved isn't that awesome you're accepted that's that's wonderful friends you're accepted when did you become accepted that moment I got saved amen I became adopted I became God's child I am accepted some are afraid to amen me because you know where I'm heading right I've not been perfect since my salvation. I have things I'm ashamed of. I have things I wish I would not have done. But I'm thankful that through it all, I always knew I was accepted. Not my sin. Not my sin. But by accepted, I mean this. I will always be his child. And he will always love me. My sin may separate some things in fellowship, but it never would cross my mind that God will throw me out. Amen? And I understand that sin breaks fellowship. I have entire sermons on that when our children go the wrong direction and how you can't condone sin. All right? And they're not going to participate in sin in my house. You know, when they get older and they can make their own choices, they're not going to bring their iniquity into my home. God forbid it happen, but they're not. But I hope that I've built a relationship, as God has with us, that we might know that we're accepted. You say, well, I'm not going to accept their... I understand what you're saying, but you have to look at it through God's viewpoint. Are you accepted? Yes. Yes, you are. You're accepted. Will you ever be not his son once you're his child? No. You have been accepted. I love that word accepted. I'll go on because we've got to all right? right? But I have been accepted. That, that, that relationship is theirs. Not accepting of sin, but who I am. In verse number nine, there is communication. It says they're having made known unto us. I circled that. God, as our father, loves to communicate with us. Every father in this room, every mother, should love to communicate with their children. Don't get home from work and shut a door, and never speak to your kids. Talk to them. Uh, my dad and I, we we loved being around each other, and our relationship. A lot, of, a lot of things were built on just silly competitions. Uh, we played Lee Trevino fighting golf in the original Nintendo, right? Uh, and one of us was always the champion. Uh, you know, uh, even down to sitting and shooting a paper wad to the kitchen, right? Uh, we, we we just we. In, my dad invested. We never got away from it. And I'm thankful that there's never a day in my life that I couldn't go to dad and say, can we talk about this, that he didn't stop everything. As I was pinning his words today and writing them down, it was 2.57. I, just, I was looking at my screen when this happened, right? I, was, I literally wrote those words down, and someone walked in my door. Now you have to understand, it's a known thing at church. When the door is shut and the blinds are shut, I'm studying. And so Miss Lydia knows it's when you take a message, she'll get back with me. Someone walks in. He's kind of busy right now. And every door was shut and the blinds were shut, and someone opened my door. And I looked up, and it was grace. And she just came in. She goes, hi, Dad. And she sat down. And I put my pen down, looked at her, and I said this. You can go find her and ask her. I said, how did you know you could walk in? And she just looked at me because she thought I was being weird. She was like, because I always can? And I said, what if I would have said, don't come in right now? And she said, then I know you were really busy with something important. And I'm glad she feels that way. He said, but you were studying for a sermon. We did okay. We still got the sermon done. And I'm thankful for that 10 minutes I got to sit with her today. And I'm thankful she knows that her dad loves her and always wants her around. And we talked about some things, had a great conversation. But I'm thankful there is communication. Uh, I, I skimmed on down through there. If you want to look, in verse number 13, There is security. It says in whom we also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, whom after that you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I am sealed till the day of redemption. I have been sealed. You know what that is? That is secure. My relationship is forever. And I'm thankful that that's the relationship I grew up with my parents. And I believe that's the relationship that my kids understand with me. That I always loved them. I have not always agreed with every decision that they've made. Don't tell them that they're all married now, right? There's been a few things like, why are they doing that, right? Now not a sin issue, just I wouldn't have done it that way, right? You say, did you get involved? Nope. Now if it was a spiritual, yeah, I will. I will say something. Well, if they mow their grass a different way than I do, or put a mailbox up the different way than I would, who cares? amen on that you don't know how important what I just said is who cares because this is destroying a lot of relationships between parents and their children you have to learn that they have to make their own decisions but our relationship is secure and I believe they know that I'm thankful for that I, I go on down through there in verse number 15, whereof I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. I just circled that whole verse because that, my friends, is what the Christian life is all about. Your faith in the Lord and love for the saints. That's not just my opinion. Didn't Jesus say that? When someone said, what is the greatest commandment? You should love the Lord God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself, Right? I mean, there it is. And Paul was able to look and say, I rejoice because I see that. Did Paul agree with everything the church at Ephesus was doing? No. That's why he wrote the letter. All right? (laughs) All right? No, all right? But he understood and catch this, all right, that he commended them because they had a a love for the faith and a love for people. When we look at our kids, all right, they may make some decisions that I may not be 100,000 for but they have a love for the faith, and they love people, and they're serving God. I can live with mailboxes. I can live with different color paint on a wall, but I love all of your paint on the wall. Right? I, you know, but you understand what I'm saying. These things we have to understand, and, and, and again, praise the Lord. If you have kids that are serving God and serving and loving people, thank the Lord for that tonight. Uh, there, there, was a, a faith in the Lord uh, and following that in verse in chapter number well in, in in verse number sixteen, I cease not to give thanks for you. I think it's really important that we as parents consistently make take every opportunity to commend our children for doing right. We are a negative society, and we love to pick out every negative thing. Make sure you take the time to thank them and praise them when they do right. And again, not everything. But there's always an imbalance often to where we're destroying our kids and nitpicking them to death. In chapter number two, in verse number four, but God who is rich in mercy and great love wherein he loved us. God is our what? Father. And What two things are noted here about him? Rich in what? Mercy and great what? Wherein he what? Hey, listen, Dad, if your kid's Never see any mercy and never experience love and can't stand up to say, Boy, I know my dad loves me, my mom loves me. Then you're not exemplifying what God is. Amen. That's a different sermon. Are we okay? Try it, right? Amen. That's what the Bible says. We are in verse number seven that in ages to come, He. He might show the uh, exceeding riches of his grace in his what? Kindness. Our God, our Father, is known for his what? Kindness. So mercy and love and kindness. You say, man, are you teaching like to be some wimp father? No. God speaks the truth of uh, to us all the time, but he always speaks the truth what? In love. I challenge you to take your Bible and show me where God belittles us. I, ch- I challenge you to take your Bible and show you where, where God is overcritical on everything that we do. So you're painting a, a weak God. No, I'm painting, I'm painting a great God. A God that we love, and he, we know He loves us. And because of that, that love of Christ constrains us, and we want to do things for Him. Verse number 10, we're His what? Workmanship. In other words, He's still working on us. Amen? Amen. But I think I can say safely, he's doing it in his mercy, and his love, and in his kindness. But he is working on us. And may we always, as parents, be always, as my dad, I testified, trying to pull us in the right direction and show us and lead us in the right things. And our ultimate goal, and this, as God is for us, is that we might serve him. My ultimate goal for my children is they would always be serving God. Verse number 13, But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, Now, Christ did this through his blood, but we are what? Made what? Made nigh. To who? God. Right? The blood of Christ has brought us so we can now get, we we can enjoy a close relationship with God. Amen? The Father. So where does God want us? Close to him. Very good. Amen? Close to him. So I, I'm, I'm done with my kids I'm just push. you're it, you're like got that stiff arm like they're doing football you're keeping your kids at a distance shame on you God wants us close and then in verse number 14 for he is our what I'm thankful I have peace with God there should be peace there now I understand I talked about discipline last week or last time Go back and listen to that, all right? I'm not painting a picture of some weak God whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. I get that, all right? But stay with me on this, all right? What needs to happen? What are we looking for, all right? that pic- What we have just pictured in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 is not a mean-spirited God. I mean, who in their right mind would stand up tonight and say, God is mean-spirited? We would all say that's blasphemous, Right? So no father in this room should be mean spirited. Right? God is not a, a nitpicker and constantly putting our nose in off our errors and mistakes. He will always speak the truth, he'll always but this is what God always does. He always confronts sin by confronting it, saying what it is, but then showing how there's hope. Every time in the Bible. So should every father. God doesn't compare me with anybody else. Matter of fact, it's written in Scripture that we are not to compare each other person to person. Nor should any father in this room compare their children to make another one of their children feel lower or belittled. Those things are just not God, but he does speak the truth in love. So a father, listen to this... I like this definition of a father, which is not mine. I copied it. A father is not one who has children, but one who has children and meets the needs of their children. That's what a biblical father is. So what do we need? Here's the needs that every child has. Let me give these to you and we'll wrap this up. Because I only say this because God is our father. Amen. And God gives me these things. As my father. So if God gives me these things as my father. Every father should also desire to give these same things to their children. That makes sense right? Here's the first one. Unconditional love. Doesn't God give us unconditional love? And let me tell you. Some struggle with that. Because they struggled. And they were robbed from it from their fathers most often I preached a series on this I'm not going to say much on it but a lot of people's viewpoint and their outlook and their view of God the father is greatly influenced by the relationship and their view of their earthly father and I'm not telling you I'm just telling you there's a reason why God chose that term because it does impact it but you haven't said across the desk from those Like I have I can't have a close relationship Why would God want a close relationship with me And that always makes me scratch my head And every time Dad never had time for me either Now that isn't the trump card I don't care what you experienced growing up You can overcome it Because God's word is true And you can have a relationship with God But it does influence it and you may have to overcome some things But I'm thankful today That God is love We were created with the basic need To be loved We crave to be loved We want to be loved And we learn what real love is From God And we love him 1 John four nineteen makes it very clearly Why do we love God? Because he first loved us As we learned his love We wanted to give him love A lot of father-children relationships are really struggling because that love is not being poured out from a father. Therefore, they wonder why it's not being reciprocated. Well, it's just love like God did. A father's love, the father's love, is described two ways in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 4, and we're close to that if you do to glance at that, but God who is rich in mercy for his what kind of love? Great love. That word great means it's overflowing in abundance. First John chapter 3 and verse number 1, behold, what manner of love? That word, that term what manner means, you know, it, it's 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 beyond normal. It's magnificent, it's different than any other type of love. When did God start loving you? Isn't that a great question? I can I can give you the answer. Uh, yeah, I can give you the answer. Jesus said this. He said, As the Father hath loved me so have I loved you when did God start loving Jesus he always has when will God quit loving Jesus never will God has always loved you he always will love you he loved you knowing what you would do I don't care what lost person you might find out there that doesn't know anything about the Lord and his love God loves them we do nothing to earn the love of God How can I ever impress God? God has chose to love us because he chose to love us. Nor can I do anything to get God to quit loving me. Now, I'm just telling you things that are biblical. He loves us. And as fathers, we should betray that same love to our children. An unconditional love. Secondly, an unmerited favor. That's what grace is, Right? grace value is established listen our value if you will our uh who we are is not established by what we do it is established by who we are i'm gonna say that again god doesn't love me because of what i do he loves me because i'm his child Now, God is pleased when I do right. And my fellowship with him can be hindered when I choose to do wrong. But I'm still a son. And he loves me. And even when I have deserved great chastening, God has been good. We all... I say unmerited favor, but if I said it this way, God's grace is real in our life every day. Everyone amends that. That is what grace is, is unmerited favor. We don't deserve his goodness, but isn't he good to us? A father, our heavenly father, and every earthly father should supply an unchanging security. I am forever. Fathers, we should provide the security in our home, right? I mean, Bible talks about it. The only way a thief's going to get into a home is if the the good man is bound up. Because they, if someone's going to hurt my family, they should have to get through me first. But the fact is this, our Father provides security. That's why the term, we're allowed to use the same term that Jesus refers to the Father, and it's a special phrase. It's found in the Gospels and in the Epistles. Abba, Father. That is a close, personal relationship a child-parent relationship. It's it kind of, some persons described it in this way, it's like saying dada. Um, but it, it's a very simple, close relationship, a childlike faith. Here's what I mean by that, and how it applies to this security. There were multiple times growing up that we went places. I was naturally a scaredy cat. I was naturally, uh, Crystal was the bold one. We like calling in songs, having them played on the radio. I never called. I always taught Crystal into doing it. Um, she would do anything I told her. Uh, but uh, you know, we—she uh, was always the brash out there in front of everybody, all right—and I was the person that devised it all. Uh, you know, and and uh, and so you know, we—when uh, I got in situations where I didn't know people or things were intimidating, I grabbed Dad's hand. Right? My kids did that took Alex to Mammoth Caves, he was scared to death. Unless I held him. Because there's something about being close to dad when you're a child. And we dads, sometimes in our hearts, you know, I walked a few places, you know, my kids with me. We so we were I remember visiting down in Elmwood and some of the sketchier parts and Grace or Hope was with me and a lot littler and, you know, and they're like walking close to me, put your arm right here, hold my arm as we walked. And they're just like, we're good because dad's here. What they did know is dad was saying, I can't wait to get out of here, right? (laughs) But I didn't portray that to them, but our Heavenly Father, in the same way, he has us. And he'll always protect us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. Number four, our Heavenly Father provides, as should we, and understood acceptance and I've already said it so I'm not going to go over it but we're accepted in the beloved there is a false teaching that's out there in Baptist churches and I just want to address it and make sure everybody knows it's wrong there are some that teach that God doesn't love you but they love Christ in you there's no mistake God loves Christ but he doesn't just love Christ in me God loves me and he loves you You say, well, that's a terrible teaching. It is. Sometimes parents teach that. As long as you're doing good, I'll love you. If you're not, I'm done with you. Shouldn't be that way. Number five, there should be an unending relationship. When will my relationship with my Heavenly Father end? Never. But listen to these three words. It should always be continuing. It should always be growing. And I should be getting closer to Him. Amen? Fathers, that's the way our relationship with our children should be. I've heard parents say things like this. Well, I'm just not going to have a relationship with them anymore. That's really sad. Now, I understand. Like the prodigal son, when he went his way, dad didn't chase him and didn't sit with him and have dinner every day. Because you can't condone sin. But the boy knew he could go back. And he knew his dad loved him. And he knew his dad would accept him. Now, he was going to just come in as being a servant. But he said, Not a chance. You're my son. And he knew he could go home. I heard one preacher say, and I just loved when he said it, as he's sitting in the pig pen, well, he probably looked at the, whoever his boss was and he said, Hey, I'm going back home. <laughs> You're a Jew. You're sitting amongst pigs. Your father will never accept you. And that prodigal son would have looked at that man and said, You don't know my father. And every son should feel that way about their dad. In Ephesians, look here, and we'll close, in chapter number six. Look in verse number four. Because this is a really important thing I want to close with. Ephesians six and verse number four. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord encourage you to study these these phrases here. We're not to provoke our children to wrath, but rather we are to, in that verse, to bring them up. That that phrase bring them up is one word. It it means to mature, to perfect, to help them to grow up. And then it tells us how to do it. They They are to be brought up in the nurture. That phrase nurture means a curbing of the appetites, chastening, in training. In other words, when my when Alex was four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, getting into his teen years, I was to be nurturing him. That's when he got the spankings. That's whenever he was taught to control himself, trained to do right. Again, as I said last time I preached, if you wait till the child's 15 to start chasing them, too late. Too late. The nurturing comes when they're younger. But then, because he just told us to bring them up, and the nurture, and in the phrase admonition, the word admonition means to encourage and exhort. Look up the word a kind rebuke. Now, that's a difference between the word nurture. Because as our children get older, the way we deal with them, communicate with them. Because Alex now, if Alex does wrong, I'm not gonna say, come here, bend over. Alright? Not gonna do that, alright? He's bigger than me and stronger than me now, alright? I'm not gonna do that, alright? What I will do is say, Alex, Grace. You know what the Lord would want here? I love you but this is we be the right thing to do and we've had those conversations what am I doing admonition I'm encouraging and exhorting if I were to constantly now be nitpicking everything Alex does and if I were to criticize him and have a harsh spirit towards him and unkindness and say why can't you be like name somebody else right I'll tell you what's going to happen it shouldn't but he probably won't be sitting back there pretty long. And when I say, hey, you want to come over tonight? Nah. And the devil will use that to destroy our relationships. We are to love each other in this church. Amen? Brothers and sisters in Christ, we should love each other. And you know what, Brother Doug may do different ways, things differently than I would do it. And I may do things, some things differently than Brother Doug does it. But we're going to love each other and we're going to pray for each other. And if he wants to sit down and talk, I'll talk. And I guarantee if I said, hey, can I have a few minutes, he would come and sit with me. No doubt in my mind about these things. And if we can treat each other in this church that way, how much more should we be helping our children? Sometimes we want to be more harsh on our own kids than we are other people. Spend time with them. Reach out to them. Be a giver. Embrace them. Invest in them. Be involved in their life. Talk to them. Listen to them. Say, where'd you get those things? Because that's what God does to me. I close with this, and I promise we're done turn over to psalm 103 right psalm 103 just look at this with me real quick right psalm 103 i won't even say much i just want to read it you think about everything we just talked about from the bible psalm 103 describes god and i want you to look for everything we talked about psalm 103 bless the lord O my soul And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his what? Who does what? All thine iniquities. Who what? All thy diseases. Who what? Thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with what? And with tender what? Who does what? Thy mouth with what? So that thy youth is what? Their relationship with us should be a should It should encourage them. Like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. In other words, defend them. Verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses. Communicate. Verse number 8. The Lord is what? And what? And slow to what? And plenteous in what? He will not always what? That word chide means to complain. Neither will he keep his forever. He hath not dealt with us after, what? Nor rewardeth us according to, what? For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his, what? Toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a, what? pitieth his children. So the Lord, what? Them that fear him. For he what? Knoweth our frame. And remembereth that we are dust. He knows what we are. And he loves us so much. And I'm thankful for a great God. Who is my father. And I'm thankful tonight. That my father. Was so good in that with me and his relationship. And I pray. That I can be that way for my children. And I pray that every father in this room will think on these things tonight.